section three of historical sketches of the catholic church in oregon during the past forty years by francis norbert blanchet this librivox recording is in the public domain eighteen days at the house of the lakes first missionary labors in oregon loss of twelve lives the boats were no sooner arrived at the house of the lakes that one of them was unloaded and sent back to the relief of the party left behind the house of the lakes being still in construction the missionaries encamped as usual under their tents the first week was spent in prayer celebration of the mass teaching the indians singing canticles and evening exercises the indians of the lakes soon came to visit the priests anxious as they were to see and hear the black gowns so often spoken of by the canadians they were found to be of a mild peaceable character and well disposed to receive the words of salvation they being the first sheep of the vast fold entrusted to their care the missionaries took pleasure in instructing them speaking of god of the creation of the fall of angels and man and of the redemption by the son of god the indians listened with attention assisting at mass with awe and before the return of the boat they brought their children to be baptized regretting not to have the same happiness to make their hearts good it was painful to the missionaries to leave them unbaptized when the day on which the boat was expected had passed without its arrival a gloomy presentiment began to seize the hearts of all it increased in intensity the following day at last on the twenty-fourth at the conclusion of mass a boat appeared afar off half broken coming in mourning without the usual joyful chant at arriving the men were hardly able to move their oars as the boat approached all ran to the shore at the sight of so few men women and children a heart-rending spectacle took place an indescribable scene of desolation and shedding of tears began cries and piercing lamentations were long heard and echoed by the neighboring mountains for alas the boat had capsized and out of twenty-six souls twelve had perished at big bend the boat was found too much embarrassed with baggage room was hardly left for passengers at the dangerous dells all went ashore with only a portion of the baggage the boat started struck a rock filled but was brought on shore having been emptied and reloaded the fur packages left in the bottom having got wet rendered the boat heavier the passengers embarked with the greatest repugnance on the next rapid the boat filled up again then commenced a scene of desolation and dread with cries and screaming of women and children the pilot commanded all to remain still as they were approaching the shore but mr wallace an english botanist pulled off his coat stood up put one foot on the side of the boat and leaped into the water with his young wife the boat lost its balance and upset and of twenty-six persons struggling in the water twelve lost their lives wallace and his wife in the number some reached the shore others were saved on the keel of the boat which fortunately fastened itself on a rock three or four feet deep at the head of a rapid 
this calamity happened in the dusk of the evening the body of a child was found caught under the boat sad long and excruciating was the night the next day the boat having been repaired the survivors continued their sorrowful journey missionary labors at colville okanagan and walla walla as soon as the ill-fated boat had arrived an indian canoe was dispatched to colville for a boat and provisions which had become so scarce as to threaten starvation and oblige each to receive a daily allowance the repaired boat was sent the following day to the scene of desolation to look for and bring down the dead bodies of the lost friends it brought down but the bodies of three children to whom were given a solemn christian burial wooden crosses were blessed and placed over their graves the express boat which had left for colville on the sixteenth had returned the one sent for by an indian express had also arrived with provisions there were then two good boats all being ready and the missionaries bidding adieu to the good indians of the lakes the caravan left on november third the house of the lakes where the last ten days of sojourning had been so sorrowful and reached colville on the sixth the express boat had announced the coming of the black gowns the news had spread like lightning thence the gathering there of the chiefs of five nations as soon as they saw the boats coming they rushed to the shore and placing themselves in file men women and children they begged to touch the hands of the priests which ceremony took a long time a large house having been placed at their disposal they used it to assemble the indians in and gave them all the instruction they could during the short time of four days they remained at this post having baptized nineteen persons and celebrated mass before the chiefs and their people who assisted at the sacred mysteries as if already fervent christians the missionaries left colville on november the tenth and reached fort okanagan on the thirteenth after having passed through many dangerous rapids dalles and portages during the twenty-four hours they remained at this post they had occasion to be convinced that the indians who frequented it needed only to learn what is required in order to become good christians fourteen baptisms were made and one mass celebrated at this fort leaving fort okanagan on november fourteenth they reached fort walla walla now walula on sunday morning the eighteenth during the twenty-four hours they remained at this post they had three baptisms celebrated one mass and were visited by the walla walla and cayuse indians who having heard by the express of the coming of the priests had come to see and hear them on their passage notwithstanding the contrary orders of the head of the wailatpu mission holy mass was celebrated before the indians who assisted at it struck with amazement in so short a time the priests could give them but a short explanation of the most necessary truths for salvation as this is the closing chapter descriptive of the trip of the missionaries across the plains 
and as our recital hereafter will be mainly devoted to events and incidents which transpired during the residence of the missionaries in the northwest we think it desirable to insert the following interesting letter of his grace most reverend francis norbert blanchet then vicar-general to the archbishop of quebec describing in detail the daily incidents of the journey across the plains and the arrival of the missionaries at vancouver letter of vicar-general blanchet to his lordship joseph seigneur archbishop of quebec giving an account of the journey of the missionaries to oregon fort vancouver march seventeenth eighteen thirty nine my lord it is for me a very sweet and agreeable task to send to your lordship news from the two missionaries whom in your zeal for the salvation of the souls entrusted to your pastoral solicitude you have sent to oregon to cultivate the vineyard of the lord after numerous hardships and fatigues dangers by land and water in our journey across the continent we have the pleasure reverend demur and i to announce with love and gratitude towards god and the blessed virgin mary that we have reached happily the end of our voyage yet not without losing twelve of our companions drowned in the columbia river please join in our thanksgivings to god for the protection and cares of his divine providence for us as soon as we arrived we went to work the field is vast our occupations are numerous i have scarcely time to write but i know with what anxiety and interest your lordship is expecting some notes regarding our journey the country the labors begun and the hopes given by the oregon mission may the information i am going to give satisfy your expectation and fill the ardent desires which you incessantly feel for our flock i will begin with an account of my trip from lachine to red river st bonifacius where i had to stop to receive the orders of monsignor provencher bishop of juliopolis and to take along with me reverend demur my travelling companion already there since a year i left montreal thursday may third eighteen thirty eight the seven hundred leagues from that city to red river were travelled in thirty-three days having arrived there on the sixth day of june on one of the hon hudson bay company's canoes commanded by mr hargrave chief trader the loaded canoes which started some days after the light ones with a number of families arrived three weeks after everyone knows how dangerous this mode of travelling is to spend days and often nights in an uncomfortable position to undergo the inclemency of seasons the gusts of wind and the torrential rains to run down numberless rapids at the peril of one's life or to travel on foot long portages through forests rocks and ponds to camp out in cold and damp places to devour in haste a scanty meal badly prepared to stop at the different posts inhabited by white people and visited by indians but for the administration of the sacraments the visitation of the sick and the exhortation of the poor sinners such is my lord the life of the missionaries on their way to the far west for eight days we went up mr hargrave and i the ottawa river we left it and went up another river to its source that took us a whole day 
after that came a portage three miles in length where is the height of the lands dividing the waters of the ottawa from those flowing into lake winnipeg at the end of the portage we came down a little river in one day we were then on lake winnipeg which we crossed in twenty-four hours walking next a little portage we began to go down the french river through which lake winnipeg discharges its waters into lake huron that also took us a whole day the crossing of lake huron to sault Ste. marie lasted three days from thence to fort william on lake superior six days and a half leaving lake superior we ascended for three days the tamanistagoa river up to a portage nine miles long which is the height of land that, and divides the waters running into lake superior from those flowing into lake winnipeg and thence into the hudson bay after that long march we embarked near its source on the river desembaras which flows into the mille lacs we crossed the latter and also lake la pluie before reaching the fort of the same name our journey from the height of lands to this post had lasted five days it took us three days to go down the river la pluie two days to cross the lac de bois three days to go down the winnipeg one day to cross lake winnipeg and another day to ascend red river up to st bonifacius residence of the bishop of juliopolis our canadian and iroquois travelling companions were exhausted mr hargrave no less than i and that for good reasons for very often we would leave our camp at one in the morning and encamp only at about seven or eight in the evening many times we were exposed to great dangers in the middle of lakes or in the coming down or going up of rapids the current used to set adrift our canoe on hidden rocks and once our small bark canoe was nearly dashed to pieces on one of these hidden rocks the mournful crosses to be seen above and below the rapids are a sign of the dangers these places afford according to my calculation of the hours of travelling i counted from lachine to matawan a hundred fifteen leagues on the ottawa hence to sault Ste. marie a hundred thirty four on lake superior a hundred forty from fort william to the height of lands fifty six hence to lake la pluie fort ninety eight thence to fort alexander down the winnipeg river one hundred twenty and at last from that place to st bonifacius between thirty five and thirty seven total seven hundred leagues travelled in four hundred and eighty eight hours or thirty three days of forced marches at the extremity of lake la pluie i met the worthy missionary of the santu rev m belcour who was then visiting the camps of that nation i crossed lake winnipeg on the fifth of june and on the sixth i arrived at st bonifacius where i met bishop provencher rev thibault and rev demur appointed to the mission of oregon rev poiret missionary in the white horse prairie came two days after rev belcour returned from his mission on the fourteenth the eighteenth rev poiret left to accompany a caravan of eight hundred or nine hundred wagons going on a buffalo hunt it was only after his return that this gentleman went to canada with mr belcour rev mehran arrived on the twenty-second it is easier to feel than to express the joys and emotions the souvenirs and hopes caused by the meeting of those zealous laborers in the vineyard of the lord this was the most numerous gathering of priests ever witnessed by the inhabitants of these remote regions 
the mustard seed was beginning to appear as a vigorous tree already shadowing a multitude of souls drawn from the darkness of idolatry and transplanted in the kingdom of god precious fruits of the evangelical zeal animating these missionaries happy prognostics of a still richer harvest to be gathered having spent five weeks in visiting all the missions of red river we started rev demur and i on the tenth of july for our destination after having sang a high mass in honour of st anne to ask from god the benediction of heaven on our journey for we had to penetrate into a country never yet visited by a catholic priest the rivers lakes mountains prairies forests and hills of oregon would soon resound with the praises of the holy name of jesus the cross would be planted from place to place from shore to shore on a space of one thousand leagues which we had yet to travel and the word of him who said that that sign would attract all to him in the person of these poor wandering sheep to which we were sent what a joy what a sweet consolation for missionaries from st bonifacius we went in seven days of dangerous navigation to norway house a small fortress one hundred thirty leagues distant from our starting point and ten leagues from lake winnipeg the commanding chief factor had the kindness to give us for lodging and chapel the apartments destined for the governor of the company we spent there eight days celebrating holy mass distributing catechisms baptizing the children and some adults instructing and exhorting the whites and indians of the fort we also performed two marriages there on saturday the twenty-second there was a high mass vespers and two sermons to which some of the gentlemen and clerks of the company assisted during this brief stay of eight days many small bands of travellers came from york factory on hudson's bay to norway house from whence they were all to start together to cross the mountains the twenty sixth of july everything was ready the brigade assembled and began to march under the command of john rowand esq chief factor of the company a catholic whose attention kindness and constant efforts to alleviate the fatigues and privations of the route we will never forget the brigade consisted of ten boats laden with merchandise a great number of hired men women and children among the travellers were messrs banks and wallace botanists sent from england by a scientific society having passed the head of lake winnipeg the river saskatchewan or st peter which we had to ascend for thirty-seven days appeared with the grand rapid that required a portage of everything we crossed the lakes de travers bourbon cedre and basse on sunday august fifteenth we reached the little fort constant built on the right shore we had travelled ninety-three leagues with oar perch sail and line having often been obliged at the principal rapids to unload our boats we had baptized on the way a child who died an hour later having that day sang high mass in the presence of the crease indians of the neighbourhood who appeared very well disposed to receive the seed of the word of god we started right away and arrived on the seventh at fort cumberland on the lake of the same name thirty-six leagues from fort constant and on the eighteenth at fort carleton eighty-eight leagues from the last 
there we performed thirty-six baptisms and seven marriages among those baptized were the commander of the post mr patrick small's family composed of eight persons of whom three were adults at fort pitt eighty-seven leagues farther we had eleven baptisms and at fort edmonton also called prairie fort we had thirty-nine baptisms of which five were adults and three marriages this last fort whither we arrived on the sixth of september is one hundred one leagues distant from fort pitt amidst the crees it would be quite fit to become a station for a missionary who would understand these indians language meanwhile a priest could in good weather go on horseback across the prairies from red river to fort carleton in fifteen days hence to fort edmonton in twelve days allowing time to stop at every fort along the road his visit would do a great deal of good to the employees and to the poor indians with whom they trade in furs on the twenty ninth of september we had at fort edmonton a solemn mass and vespers and two sermons on the tenth before leaving we blessed and planted a cross this we did all along the road wherever we had said mass either near the forts or on the shore or in the interior along the road for six weeks we had followed the crooked course of the saskatchewan we had then to quit it and to change our small fleet for a caravan of sixty-six horses in order to reach by land across forests ponds prairies rivers ditches and beaver dams fort assiniboine on the athabasca a distance of thirty-four leagues which required five days of fatiguing and dangerous walking on september sixteenth we left fort assiniboine and began to struggle against the rapids and dangers of the athabasca which we ascended for seventeen days on the twenty eighth we saw for the first time the imposing forms of the rocky mountains the highest summits of which are perpetually covered with snow on the second of october we had come as far as jasper's house four leagues inside the rocky mountains and were then ninety-two leagues from fort assiniboine there were there thirty-five baptisms for the greatest part children of half-breeds or free people living in the woods as indians and hunting the beaver holy mass was celebrated on the opposite side of the river far from the noise of jaspers the athabasca being no longer navigable we changed on the fifth our boats for a caravan of seventy-two horses a great deal worse and more imperfect than those of edmonton these animals were easily frightened and throwing off horsemen and baggage they would either start for the woods or run into ponds or mud-holes the organization was difficult and the departure slow we went along the right shore of the river which running in zigzags in a valley well timbered and bordered with high mountains produced high and long points that we had to cross straight over in order to shorten the distance we had to cross channels forests and sandbars we travelled alongside of a lake at the head of which is the prairie campment where we halted we were three leagues from jasper's house and had come there in four hours on the sixth we had to cross forests of thick woods and to climb up hills and rocks dipping into the water we had to pass on the side of these hills whence the eye sees with awe the yawning abyss woe to the rider whose horse would miss a single step after having climbed very high rocks and travelled four leagues in three and a half hours we camped opposite the rock called the old man 
on the seventh after two hours of march over a nice little prairie lightly covered with wood on a level ground we took breakfast in a fine prairie we then went up and down twelve or thirteen hills and rocks covered with wood we crossed four little rivers the camp of the cow pretty groves of light wood and beautiful willows having walked seven leagues in seven and a half hours we camped near the south fork or branch of the athabasca in a place covered with burnt trees on the eighth the luggage and people were carried over in a canoe which had been brought so far with infinite pains and labor from jaspers the horses swam across this branch of the river was a real torrent forty-five steps or yards wide the southwestern branch is but thirty feet wide we had to cross it on horseback from its right shore at a place called the hole where the horses lost footing for eighteen feet the baggage and horsemen did not get wet as to those who were on foot they had to swim holding the luggage or the horse's tail proceeding now along the shore then on the top of high rocks we met with many obstacles offered by high rocks thick timber and fallen trees a hill appeared in order to facilitate its steep ascension we got up it in zigzags we had to dismount our horses in a place where the horses had to jump and climb from the top of this hill appeared the most enchanting scenery our sight rested with pleasure on a large valley bordered with forest raising their heads up to one-fourth of the mountainous height in the middle of this valley we could see the river with its thousand turns and as many points or hills produced by its course it was a magnificent and enchanting spectacle which caused our hearts to raise to god and which we were sorry to leave we quitted the river crossed several hills and groves and again reached the river we came to the moose prairie where a nice waterfall several hundred feet high falls from the top of the mountains into the river the road had been bad and dangerous that day the five leagues which the light cavalry had run in six and a half hours were travelled in two hours were travelled in two hours more by the loaded animals on the ninth we crossed new points and high hills before reaching the first grand beach two miles wide covered with nice stones bordered with mountains and in the midst of which the river seemed to play making a thousand turns from one slope of the mountains to the other we crossed a second beach through which the river flowed in like manner that day we had to cross it twenty-five times in order to shorten the distance we saw many glaciers in the mountain passes went through many a snowbank and also saw a waterfall as considerable as the first it was the barrel fall we halted at the gun camp surrounded with high peaks white with snow we had travelled that day eight leagues in seven hours on the tenth being at one and a half leagues from the top of the rocky mountains at three o'clock in the morning i celebrated under a tent the august sacrifice of the immaculate lamb in thanksgiving for all the benefits the lord had bestowed upon us and to consecrate by the sacrifice of the cross these sublime mountains to the glory of their creator the all-powerful god of whom they sing the praise and power having walked with much fatigue two and a half hours across ponds rocks fallen trees and other obstacles on the slope of the mountains alongside of the narrow but swift torrent we came by a steep way to the gorge or pass half a league wide 
between the two mountain ranges brown and hooker whose grand summit perpetually covered with snow arise some seventeen or eighteen thousand feet above the level of the sea this pass pretty steep in its central slope is covered on both sides with masses of rock fallen from the abrupt mountains whilst other rocks suspended above seem to threaten the frightened traveller halfway in the gorge is a round lake called punch bowl it is thirty yards in diameter its waters communicate underground with two other lateral lakes wherein originate two rivulets one is the source of the east branch of the athabasca the other is the source of the portage river in the west these two rivers are supplied by a great many streams from the mountains so little at first they soon become impracticable torrents rolling their waters with an extraordinary noise there at punchbowl we were but one league and a half from our morning camp and it had taken us two hours and a half to travel this short distance we were twenty-seven and a half leagues from jaspers seven hundred leagues from st bonifacius and fourteen hundred from montreal one may judge thereby of the obstacles encountered in that day without speaking of the obstacles and dangers met with for six days on the eastern slope in the ascent and descent of hills rocks and heights from jaspers we still walked one mile and a half in two hours going down the western slope much steeper than the eastern one and going over rocks fragments of rocks and trees along the portage river we halted a short distance from la grande cote a great steep hill we had to descend and whither our loaded horses arrived but two hours after those of the light cavalry they were tired and unable to go any further End of section three